Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 3 and Mighty Season 25. And I still can't be arsed looking up what a 25th anniversary present would be. But if anybody wants to look it up and send it to me, please get in touch. You know how to get in contact with us, studio at absoluterally.co.uk. Um, anyway, uh, this is the episode of John's. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I'm going to say welcome back, John Desborough. Welcome. Hello. Good to be back. It is good to be back. And um, friend of the show, um, 2022, new uh, new part of our roster of hosts, John Armstrong. Welcome to Absolute Rally. Hello. It's good to formally, be here. Formally. That's your formal do, introduction. Do you know what? I didn't actually realise I, I was a host this year until you just said it now. So, it's a, it's a nice surprise, but also... <laughs> A bit of pressure, I to- especially because it's the Battle of the Johns today. I told you, right, <laughs> I, before we started recording this, and I, you know, loosely there normally is some loose production behind what we're going to do and what we're going to what we're going to say and what we're going to work on and what we're going to talk about. Um, there's been zero preparation for this week. Yeah. Um, and Can I just ask a quick one? Of yes, John, of John Armstrong sitting there. What people don't know is Tony. Before, we, as you start the show, you count us in. That's probably something that the listeners to the pod don't hear. You give us a count. You go five. Four, three, two, one. What I want to ask John Armstrong, driver, is as Tony got to one, did you kind of throw your left hand forward and get rid of the handbrake? Yeah, no, I was letting the clutch out slowly as well. That's what I thought. <laughs> Finding that traction, John. Finding that traction. That's what you were doing. Yeah. Um, so to, to avoid any confusion today, I am going to be the rudest uh, host in the world. So um, both Johns will be referred to by their surnames. So it's going to be very university challenge, tipping the hat to uh, the dearly departed recently, Bamba Gascoigne, uh, who always used surnames when he was bringing in um, people answering questions. So there you go. Um, right. So I'm going to start off with Desborough. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to get my head around this. Uh, Desborough. <laughs> this is bizarre. Yes. We have, yes, not, sir. We have not spoken. Um, obviously, first and foremost, the response um, to the special that we put out with your yeah. recordings from the Richard Burns book was phenomenal. Oh, good. I, for one, really, what was what was pleasant for me is this podcast is seven years old, and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of what we put out, I know what's going out because I've been involved in the production of it, or I've done an intro for it, or whatever. Um, I had nothing to do with that. Our producer Alistair got sent all the raw uh, footage, your links, and put it together. So I was in this really unique place of downloading my train set as the boys like to call it my <laughs> podcast and not knowing what was on it yeah. and it was a joy to listen to it really was well you're in the same place as me when i listened back to them having come up with the idea that on the 20th of burns's championship we ought to hear from him in the year 20 years ago i mean it's incredible firstly that i even kept these tiny little tapes you know that are the size of postage stamps and real old tech and I thought, I'd just better listen to these things. And, uh, you know, it kind of brought back memories, uh, hearing his girlfriend rattling the dishes in the background and, you know, Burnsy coughing and things being turned on and off. But the good news is there is plenty more. I think that's just three of about ten chapters. And I found a guy who was one of the sound technicians that works on the World Rally Championship programs. And he has said, send them to me. I will clean them up because I'm sure people will agree they were a little bit, uh, how can I say, nostalgic in quality. They were. Now, Armstrong, did you listen to that episode at all? I did, yeah. I thought it was very interesting. And uh, also, what one takeaway that I took from it was just how focused and professional Richard was. Because from what I gathered, it was like sort of a, you know, a casual recording to get his story and his thoughts about how he does what he does in, in a rally car. But it just, I thought it was a mark of, of Richard, just how focused his answers were and and uh yeah there wasn't too many moments where where there were uh you know he was messing around so yeah mm. it was it was brilliant to listen to and just give you uh sort of an example of how professional he was desperate i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah and i was gonna get used to the surname thing um the I, I listen, obviously, sound quality is everything on a podcast. I completely and utterly get that. And, but I'm from a generation, and I know we've got lots of listeners, and I've, and I've had people come up and talk to me. Funny enough, I have people coming up and talk to me in service at the weekend because we did a rally at the weekend, which we'll talk about a bit later on. But um, the audio mm. made me listen harder. 
Oh, right, okay. So it kind of took me back to maybe, I know Trevor Agnew always talks about listening to like Test Pack Special and I mean, listening to radio back in the day, and I used to listen to lots of sports on radio as well, um, yeah. where you kind Medium of, you, you lose yourself and, you know, you have to almost give yeah. yourself to that, to that. If you want to listen to it, you have got to listen to it. It's not yeah, something yeah. you're going to be listening to while you're doing something um, else. I'm um, just thinking back on uh, where Burnsy and I recorded them. I think we did one in Oxfordshire at his house that he had in the name of a village I've forgotten. We did one in Barcelona. We did two sessions up in Andorra where he was living in 2002. And uh, I think I pretty much said, listen, here are the 10 subjects we've got to do. Today we are going to do, we're going to go back and talk about only the day you won the championship. Uh, and then the next day, you know, we come in and we'd spend a bit of time. I'd say today, I only want to talk about the first time you drove a car. So um, I deliberately focused his mind onto a subject so that he wouldn't wander. Inevitably, you do. But he was very good at it. Uh, his memory was sensational, which is why they used to call him Pentium. Um, I think Robert, <laughs> that was Robert's nickname because his, his, his brain was terrific. Dealing with all of that. But after about an hour, an hour and a half, he was blown. He'd had it. He didn't want to do any more. And, um, and at that point, he didn't want to talk yeah. any more at all. And I got the feeling he didn't want me around either. So I'd have to go off and kind of walk around Andorra and drink lots of coffee and beer and then come back the next day when his head, when the, uh, when the computer had downloaded something else. But um, I always say the first time he changed my life because the first time, and he's the best interview I think I've ever had because he could sit you in the seats. He could sit me, John, in your seat and he could tell me what he was doing and how and why. And very few people could tell me that in all the interviews I did with all the people at uh, Sky or in the World Rally Championship, none of them could quite collect, collect their thoughts and sum it up the way Burnsy could. No, it was, it, 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 as I say, I, I, I genuinely just really enjoyed it, and I can't wait for the next ones. So, yeah. um, so there will be more, uh, yeah. which I know a lot of people are going to be really, really excited about because we, 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 we really didn't know how it would go, and and you know who, who, yeah. who you know, and we we did put it out as a special, but we will be doing more. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we're also doing another little bit of a special, by the way, folks. We're after after Sweden, after we've done the debrief on Sweden and things like that. We're going to be doing something with uh, with Matt Edwards, who, of course, um, unfortunately, uh, Armstrong, you'll be able to relate to this because we we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Um, hasn't been able to secure budget um, to go back and do the British Rally Championship. He was looking at doing the Irish Tarmac Series as well, but of course he's a multiple British champion now. He's not been done before three championships in a row um, and kind of leaves himself now um, with, 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 with nothing, you know, he's, he, he, he looks like he's, he, he may go and do some historic stuff, which of course we, we know he's got a great following as well, but um, you know, it might be a time now where maybe he even takes a step back a little bit. Mm. So, wow. yeah, I know that's, that's, that's kind of what it's come to, but we're going to talk about his career. It's, it, what's, what, and I'm not, I don't want to give too much away because I've already spoke to Matt a little bit about it, but, um, so we kind of started around the same time. So I remember, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. He was much quicker than me, um, uh, of clearly, but, um, so we were doing kind of similar things as well. So it's quite interesting because I have my interpretation of what was going on and, we will get his interpretation, uh, uh, not really interpretation, but literally what was going on and how he managed to, to do what he did, which is, it, it is a genuinely fascinating tale as well. Some people know it and some people don't. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah we'll be, um, but the smoke and mirrors will be somewhat removed a little bit as well, I think, which is going to be quite exciting. Good. But, um, a couple of things. I just wanted to come to, um, Armstrong. <laughs> um, John, you've, you're committed now to JWRC this year, which is fantastic. We're all really, really, really excited for you. Um, it was a bit last minute for you, wasn't it? Uh, you've had that challenge of, of, of securing budget, like we've just been talking about for Matt, but obviously probably on a, on a, a slightly bigger scale. Um, just how down to the wire was it? As it just as a matter of interest, by the way. Yeah, it was very much last minute. Um, okay, I think the focus was was on the end of last year and trying to win the championship, and that probably had a, a knock-on effect uh, in terms of planning for what I was going to do in 2022 because 
I didn't know whether I was going to have uh, the prize from from winning the junior. So yeah, really, all all the focus was on Spain last year, and uh, obviously when that didn't go to plan, um, then I had to yeah quickly figure out what's what the plan would be. Um, had you know discussions with with various different people that that I um you know will take uh, advice on what they think I should be doing career wise. So. Yeah, quite quickly, uh, the junior WRC seemed like a good path to go down again because uh, it's very it's very simple in terms of, of getting yourself there. If you can find a budget, you know, you don't have to manage the team and all those sorts of things. That's that's all sorted for you. Um, and this year with it going to the Rally 3 car, which is four-wheel drive, it's uh, a natural progression for me because I don't have so much uh, four wheel drive experience. So yeah, it seemed like, like the right choice, but, um, it was a struggle getting the budget. And yeah, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen just the way that it, it was going to be structured. And each sponsor, uh, w- was quite clear that they wanted to do it rally per rally instead of, um, you know, a, a big pot of money at the beginning of the season. So it, it meant that, I, <coughs> sorry, I, I had to, um, get the full budget up front um which i've never done before uh it's probably not that hard to believe but yeah i've never had the full budget for a season at the start of the season before <laughs> so yeah it it meant that i didn't have the full budget and i had to obviously uh cry out for for help as such um to see if anyone was interested in, in coming on board and um uh, you know, we, we put in my entry with a, a placeholder, uh, co-driver as well. Um, just to, to give me some more time to figure things out. And thank, thankfully we, we got, um, you know, people interested that, that were, were keen to see me, uh, being back in the WRC and, uh, that wanted to be involved. So yeah, it was really nice to, to see how positive the reception was to, to, to me asking for help because um, I think last season really uh, raised my profile and uh, a lot more people are are following what I'm what I'm doing so so yeah it was very nice and uh, yeah okay it's still still uh, very last minute but um, I'm looking forward to to the challenge now and I think it'll be really really nice. Can I be impersonal and intrusive and ask a junior school question, John? Yeah. How much did you need for the whole season? Um, hopefully no one will get too upset with me. Well, it's well, it's well publicized that you need, uh, 200,000 euros for the junior championship. Um, so that's the cost of, of competing in the events right. to get the car and all that sort of thing, your tires and fuel. So it's, um, it's a yeah. lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I think of you know all the young footballers, young cricketers, young rugby players who uh, start a professional career, and with them from the word go, you know when they start at so 16, 17, 18, it's money to them. That people are giving them money, and mm-hmm. this is the mad thing about our sport that you've got to go out and find it. It's, uh, it's yeah, crazy. and I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a subject that maybe not everyone knows. You know, all the the fans mm-hmm. that follow the sport. Um, you know, maybe they don't realise how little, you know, how few drivers there are that actually get paid to do what we do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you're able to get the sponsorship in order to compete, uh, then of course it's still a great uh, career path, and you know, there's always the hope that you'll be able to attract uh, mm. the attention of a team and then make it up to WRC two yeah. and then into the main category. Um, yeah. But it's becoming harder and harder. Uh, I think there's no there's no way to, to look around that. And uh, yeah, but you, you have to enjoy what you're doing, and you have to you have to aim for small steps. You know whether that's becoming yeah. the the junior champion or the WRC two champion, like Andreas exactly. Mickelson is doing now. So exactly. I think not, you're right. So yeah. You got to enjoy yourself because then you'll drive better. Everybody says that, and um, if you do, if you break it down into you know state a whole season, break it down into stage by stage. I've heard people talk about that as well. No point thinking about anything other than the number of kilometres ahead of you. Des, Desbrook John, can I can, yes. can I ask can I ask a, a, a schoolboy question of you then? <laughs> as, as we're at we're at the schoolboy level, um, 
you must have witnessed this over the years in the terms of drivers finding budget because you've been involved obviously you know on the media side of it for the best part of 25 years so yeah but you know i don't think i have um i bumped into burns and mccray when they were all set up and you know ready to go in in the main championship we didn't really talk about any kind of uh so wait, so, so, so did you kind of, i was going to say so pwrc because you know i work quite a lot in pwrc kind of no, we didn't early 2000s we didn't really, the channel four days we didn't really get down that low if i really okay but, no, but, it's just interesting um, but often often i'd plug into what mark higgins was doing he was you know people like that were often looking for budget uh people fight over budget i you know i know stories of people getting sponsors and then losing them to other drivers does that probably still go on That's now still, people, yeah you still see it yeah, going yeah. on Exactly. You want to be on the best car and the best driver. And I think to myself, how on earth can you put all of that to one side when you pull up at the start of a stage? You know, you must be thinking, especially if the car's ahead of you, and you can see the, you know, the brand on the back of the car that really you should have had on yours. It must be, uh, you must think to yourself, I'll show you. You yeah. backed the wrong horse. You should have backed me. And you, I think still, John, am I right? You've got to put all those sorts of thoughts out of your head and just deal with driving what's in front of you. Yeah, well, I think what you just said there is, is it's maybe a powerful tool as well to have a fire in your belly to prove a point um, yeah. can, can be a, a really good thing to have. So, yeah, I think my best days behind the wheel is when I'm trying to prove something and I'm trying to... Oh, really? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're aiming to, to do it for yourself and show yeah. that, you know, you can, you can win this stage, you can win this rally and that... Yeah. Uh, you're not there just to be counted for, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard stories about Richard Burns and Walter Rohr, both being the kind of driver that if you got them upset, got them a little angry, you know, there's a little bit of needle in there, then they were unbeatable. Yeah, I can believe it. it, it I think everybody needs... It, it's, 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 it's the stick, isn't it? It's the carrot-stick scenario. Everybody has their own carrot and stick. Sometimes the carrot and stick can be hitting them over the head with the carrot and stick, and the other way is the arm around the shoulder... You know that man management um, mm. of of looking after people, and everybody needs something different. You know, I I I watch an incredible amount of onboards which of other drivers, and I'm always interested. Uh, Armstrong John, I'll come to on this one as well. Um, I'm always interested in in how the co-driver delivers notes as much as how the conversation goes at the end of the stage as well. Sometimes that gets cut out. But also, I'm really interested to see what the feedback is between the driver and the co-driver come the end. You know, you will, you know, whether, and I don't necessarily mean something negative. You know, sometimes it's, you know, a great job. You got me through there or, you know, I need a little bit of help. You know, I, you know, you, you, you were late on that or, you know, you were early on that or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's a little bit of a thing that, again, you were talking about, you know, fans not really understanding what it takes to get drivers involved. I don't, uh, or, or, or drives and things like that. I don't think, I don't think unless you've been in that situation for a number, of, you know, a number of years, I'm not just talking about one off. I'm talking about, you know, repetitively over the years at whatever standard it may be. I don't think anybody really outside understands, you know, even, you know, inclinations on tones of voice and stuff like that can make such a difference. Are you having that, John? No, John's not Which even listening to me. Oh, sorry, John Wait, Armstrong. Wait. John Armstrong I was talking to. Yeah. Armstrong, there's no point asking me that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously there's so much that goes into into the winning formula, if that's what you want to call it. Like the relationship between the driver and the co-driver is, is a massive one. And, uh, you know, you're spending a full week away, probably just by yourselves, really, unless you've got a lot of team around you. But... Last year, whenever me and Phil were, were in the, the junior WRC, it was just basically me, me and him traveling to these uh, countries to compete in, in, in WRC events that, you know, last for a week. And uh, I think the good thing is they're, they're quite intense. You don't have too much uh, downtime to really think about stuff. You just, you get in uh, stuck at the deep end and you get in and do your racky, which is uh, two long days making your pace notes and, uh, yeah, obviously the communication between the, the driver and co-driver has to be good so that uh, you can get the pace notes down in the, the format that you want. And, uh, and whenever you're making changes on the second pass, it, it has to flow nicely that you're not stopping and starting too many times because that can really uh, 
uh, ruin your, your second pass. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, you've got long nights then going over the video, refining your pace notes. And, uh, yeah, then once you get uh, stuck into the action, I think... Do you think... You know, you sorry, just have- sorry to interrupt, John. Right, I'm really interested in this. Do you think you can go over your notes too much and be looking for stuff too much? Yeah, yeah, you can, 100%. I yeah. think I... Previously, I maybe didn't do enough, and I went too much. Um, So I need to find a a middle ground somewhere. Uh, But yeah, I think there's you can definitely do too much, and um, you know if if you're changing a lot of stuff after the recce, then maybe you need to look at why you're not making the notes correct on the recce, or or what you can do better during the actual recce. So yeah, I think if you can figure out what the problem is and then try to fix it, then that's that's the best way. But um yeah i think then during the event with with the you know the the relationship with the driver and co-driver it's just trusting each other um you know i i'm not a good co-driver i'll trust that the co-driver is going to do their job and they know um what to do with all the the tricky uh roadbook sections and um yeah being on time for everything and uh yeah then during the stage uh i think you have to, you know, it, you have to go with what they're doing and try to help them. You know, say that they do get a little bit ahead or a little bit behind. It's just letting them, letting them know um, in a in a calm way without disturbing them. Because uh, at the end of the day, I think you can be, <laughs> you can really be mean to your co-driver without. <laughs> having any, uh, without, Sorry, having, without John, having any reason for it. Listening to you talking, John, just reminds me of that of the uh, weekend I'd rather forget in the McRae stages in 2002 that uh, Channel 4 put on TV, which was me and Robbie Head, uh, Colin McRae's best friend from school, and he was utterly, utterly mean. And everybody, including Robert Reed, said to me before we started, now it's your fault. And all I wanted to say was, um, it, you know, you're a little bit nervous about uh, have we done the notes correctly? Have we done the second pass correctly? Have I got those bits right? And we're going at the right speed. I think your co-driver is just as nervous. I think if you both fessed up, you know, so turn to each other and said, so on a scale of one to ten, where ten is really nervous and one is, you know, not nervous at all, where are you? Because I'm about 11 today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. But I think ultimately what I'm, what I was trying to get to is that all rally drivers need a bit of love. That's what I'm saying. Well, we're going back to the carrot and stick thing. Um, uh, Desbra John, um, I, I want to just take us to, to, to Monte Carlo. As I said, right at the top, we've not got your take in, 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 in a very succinct, wrapped up manner. Take us through your Monte Carlo. Uh, I thought it was a wonderful reward for M Sport after a long time not being able to be too happy about anything. I thought it was terrific for them. Uh, I think there'll be more. I hope there's more from Seb Loeb. Uh, it was lovely to see the two Sebs going head to head. I thought it was marvellous for Craig that he finished where he did because uh, he's fighting for a championship, not just these kind of you know one-off appearances. Uh, I could have done with a little bit more sort of Sisteron from what I was seeing. Uh, Sisteron was the only one that was dry to the coal and then about, you know, 10K of snow. So I could have done with a few more stages or seen a few more stages where there was more of snow jeopardy. That's just uh, and I wanted to see the gamble of boys. Do we tire up for the dry tarmac or do we tire up for the snowy bit at the top? You know, I wanted to, to go over all those old Monte Carlo stories, but um, you know, you can't really go wrong with Monte Carlo, can you? It's a you know, it's a fabulous place, fabulous event, and it was re- properly entertaining. Uh, and even Gus won a stage. You know, I mean, it was the cake, the icing, and you know, two bottles of champagne to go with it. Absolutely everything else. Now you just you you just made a point, which is something I was thinking about earlier today. Um, Sweden would be the first time we've not had a Seb. Mm. No, that's fine. You know, yeah. that's fine. We all get old. We all, um, you know, go off and do other things. And uh, I was kind of looking at Kala's, um his uh, experience and how he'd done in Sweden. Kala Rovenpera, he's got to be first into it all. There's snow forecast. It's a different venue. It's apparently, you know, different types of wood. 
uh, different types of forest. The roads are straighter. It's in a place where nobody knows. There are great variables in there for everybody, great levelers. Uh, it's unknown to everybody, I think. But I still <clears throat> wouldn't want to be Kalarov and Pera pulling up at the first stage, looking at the stage and turning to Jonna Houtland and saying, just where exactly is the road we're supposed to be driving on i mean i know they would have done the recce but you know if they've had a dump of snow the night before it won't make it any easier but i do think uh this season has to be in the wrc it's got to be elvin season because you know next year uh, toyota will want calarov and pair to be champion and so we need a good result for elvin and i just hope he can you know he can find what he had a couple of years ago and, and repeat there but Sweden to me is a mad event. It's just utterly, utterly mad. I can I, I, I see, you know, how uh, the benefits of having snow banks and going at corners harder and faster because you can use them. But it's it's utterly crazy. It's like you know being doing a toboggan run in a you know a high speed car. It's, it's mad. And on top of that, you know, I know what my phone battery does at minus twenty. What are these car batteries going to do at minus twenty? That's what I want to know. They'll figure it out. They'll figure I'm not worried about the techie side. I'm not worried. I'm not going to get sucked into that because the cars will still move. The cars will still move. Now, Armstrong John, of course, Sweden's the opening round of JWRC this year. So bearing in mind everything that Desbrook John's just said, what type of research have you been able to do with these stages? Yeah, so some of the stages have been used in a local Swedish rally before. So there are there's some onboards online, um, but maybe only for three or four stages. Um, so we can study those. But yeah, the event does look different in character to the old Rally Sweden. It's a bit more open paced roads. They're a bit wider, a bit flatter, a bit faster. Um, so I expect the the average speed to be quite high um but i think it's going to be fun just by looking at the the videos and uh what what to expect i think it's going to be a great event um the forecast is looking good there's going to be snow there's going to probably be minus uh degrees uh, <laughs> um climate so yeah it's going to be a an improvement over the old rally sweden in recent years which which didn't really have much uh, ice or snow um but yeah, I think it's going to be brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think going up against the Scandinavians in their own backyard is always, always difficult. Uh, but I think if, if I can get into the groove and, and find my feet, then, um, yeah, I shouldn't be too far away and, and can get some, some good points. But, uh, I think the, the rally is itself is, is going to be really nice, but quite, quite difficult too. I think one of the, one of the things maybe people don't realize is how hard it is to get to some of these rallies. Um, okay, Sweden's not the worst, but to get a to get a flight directly to where the rally is based is quite, <laughs> yes. quite tricky. Uh, also, extremely hard to get accommodation and extremely expensive. Um, yeah. So there's all these things that maybe people don't realize that each rally can give you a challenge in terms of logistics and, and budget as well. Um, but then on, on the other hand, round two in Croatia, everything's as cheap as chips, as, as they say. So well, stop whinging that, then. Stop whinging. <laughs> that, that, that'll level it out. <laughs> uh, I always remember Sweden from the NAF hotel that the promoter used to put us in where there was, I kid you not, I'm sure it was a country and western rave that used to start up each night about nine o'clock across the road from this hotel that we used to stay in. Which was run, they ran, there was a Greek restaurant run by, I think, some Turks, which I never could fully understand. It was downstairs. And on a Saturday, Friday and Saturday night, there was a disco in the hotel. And it was about 50 feet from the hotel room door. And, um, these were the things that you have to cope with, you know, after you're thinking to yourself, I can sympathize, John. I know where you are and what you're thinking. I've just been up at four o'clock. I'm going to bed at 11 o'clock and I come back to the hotel and everybody there, all the spectators there are all going wild and nuts and are on it. And, you know, in the background, the, the sort of the theme tune to it is kind of <laughs> and all you want to do is sleep because you've got to go and drive a car at 100 miles an hour on snow tomorrow. And those are the things that start to play on your mind. I think you've got to take a deep breath and just sort of rise above it and say, it's fine. I our, can win this on six hours sleep. Our Armstrong John will be fine. But before we go any further, you've probably noticed that 
our man from Del Monte, Ryan Champion, is missing again this week, as are the yeah. other two, but they will all be back next week. Not probably, the dentist again. Uh, probably other than our man from Del Monte, Ryan Champion, because he's currently over uh, competing on the East African Safari Classic. Such so he is, I know, he's, well, he gets everywhere. There's like water rank champion. He gets everywhere. Right. Um, so, um, with that in mind, um, we, we gave him a task of speaking to some of the drivers, um, before, um, the start of the event. So Ryan sent in some homework to us. So this is the point where I'm going to say, we're going to go to a little break. Then we're going to hear from Ryan Champion. And I haven't even heard these yet. This is one of those moments again where I get to listen to something that I don't know about. But uh, Ryan Champion has sent us over um, some interviews pre-start of East African Safari Classic. And uh, so we're going to go to a little break and then we're going to hear from Ryan. And then I'm going to be back with the guys. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Patrick, with one day before the start of the East African Safari Classic, you're massively experienced in terms of your motorsport career, but this is a little bit of a different challenge. Oh, definitely. I, it can't compare to anything I've done in the past, uh, but I will try to take bits and pieces from from everything that I've done, and, and uh, hopefully that will, will help us a lot. But for sure, it's a completely new challenge, uh, especially driving the longest stages and only on roadbook will be the biggest challenge for me. And on the test, like when when the co-driver calls like okay seven k's to next thing i understand it's a road book but when he says like 400 my head goes like okay this is 400 meters straight so i had like a few moments in my head where i realized oh shit this is not pace notes he's calling he's just calling the road book so hopefully that will like settle in throughout the first day and and me and hendrik that is also fairly new to this will find our own little system in in the car how to approach the stages and the information we've been giving so uh yeah definitely a big challenge uh, ahead of us now you've, you've tested the car here you've done a little bit of uh, a few kilometers in the car what, what do you think to the car to drive oh the car is just fantastic uh, uh, i loved porsche since i was a kid and uh, i had the opportunity to test them quite a few times on the ice uh, during the below zero ice driving up in sweden uh, so i know how they handles and and uh, how you have to drive them to kind of stay fairly safe with with uh, all the weight in the back but no they're just fantastic machines and Richard took me out on one very rough uh, piece of road a few days ago as well for me to get a feeling for what the car can take and it can really take a beating if if he wouldn't have shown me the speed that I was able to carry over bumper roads like that I would have just been going like half speed to to save the car but definitely Tatil Porsche have done a fantastic job developing these cars over years now and uh, yeah it's 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 a really good car and and it's been proven to be a winner car around here many times so hopefully we have a Tatil Porsche at the top this time as well. Now you've done a lot of different rallies over the years in the World Rally Championship you spent some time in Rallycross recently uh, in, the, in the US as well as uh, in Europe but was the safari always on the bucket list to, to come to Kenya and compete? Oh, definitely it's been on my list at least the last 10 years and, and also before that but then it was out of my reach because I didn't have the connection and so on but when we started the Below Zero Ice Driving in Sweden 10 years ago I met Richard for the first time and after that I've been following this rally very close uh, seeing you've been racing here before and that was very impressive so uh, yeah definitely been on my bucket list for many years and now finally be able to be here and drive it is definitely a dream coming true. Now it's a difficult question to ask this given the length of the rally but what's your aim what are you hoping for? I hope for that I'm not fastest on the first stage and that I'm not last. Uh, and if I can achieve that, I think we are uh, setting us up for, for a good rally. I will approach this uh, uh, in, in a smart way. And, and I have done a lot of rallying, so I know, I know my speed and I know that we should be able to fight for, for stage wins if needed. But I will definitely try to be smart the first few days and, and try to learn the train and the car and, and, and how the roadbook works and then hopefully put ourselves in a position that we fight for the win in the end. Very best of luck and we'll talk to you during the rally. Thank you very much. 
So, Chris, the defending champion of the uh, East African Safari Classic, uh, we're one day ahead of the rally now. How do you feel going into the rally this year? Well, the closer the rally is coming, you know, the more nervous I get, especially my navigator as well, Nikki. She's first time uh, here when she did it in 2019. So then she didn't know what was coming. Now she knows what's coming. So she's getting nervous. We're running number one on the road as well because we won last time. So that's the biggest issue. We're a bit nervous getting lost. We're a bit nervous of hitting animals or other vehicles on the road. It could be a bit tricky. So. But you had a fantastic battle with Stig Blomquist uh, in 2019, and, and that must have been quite a satisfying win to, to, to beat, beat Stig on the last day. That was fantastic. For me, actually, Richard Tuttle, the, who's running our cars, he said to me, look, do whatever Stig is doing and you'll be fine. And Stig was taking it easy the first few days. I was quite surprised. I was thinking he would go away with this from the beginning. But he took it easy and he even slowed down on the last stages of the day just not to run first on the road. So we kind of followed his tactics. So a day before the end, we were like six seconds away after, I think, 4,000 kilometers. And we really had a run for it. And I think he wasn't expecting that. So we were lucky to win that. Now, as much as you're running first on the road this time, it must help having the experience of uh, two years ago. Uh, for, for sure. Like now we know what's coming. Uh, also, Nikki, my, my navigator, is now 100% on the roadbook. She knows the signs, you know. She knows how, how a rally works. So actually, we're a lot uh, more confident in, in what we can do. The question is, how fast do we dare to go? You know, that's the bigger question. Now, of course, you came a number of years ago and actually did the WRC event here. Actually, in 1998, I was here with a Volkswagen Golf. And we finished back then in eighth overall, which was pretty good for a front-wheel drive golf. And that was the reason I came back, because I, I, I talked to Nikki, who's also privately my partner, and said, hey, there's something you have to experience. And, and she came here in 2019, and uh, I kept my promise of showing her the greatest adventure in the world. So we're back again, because she liked it. And it does definitely have a special draw, doesn't it? Once, you, once you've been to Kenya, once you've done the safari, there, there is something unique about it. That's either you, you like it or you hate it. You know, they, I know some navigators as well, not saying any names, German navigators. We were here in 1998, and he was swearing every day, what are we doing here? You know, but if you like it, it's it's bloody fantastic. The scenery, the people, the wildlife, the whole experience, it's just amazing. Well, the best of luck, and uh, enjoy Safari 2022. Thank you very much. We hope that'll last for a while. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. So, there you go, Ryan Champion. I feel better now. I've heard Ryan Champion's voice, I really do. Um, boys, <laughs> I want to... A um, couple of things I want to talk about. And, 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 and all joking aside, I was talking about drivers feeling love and stuff before. Um, the announcement, uh, Desbra John, with regards to Pierre-Louis Loubet uh, making the move to M Sport. Um, we know the crash... Uh, dare I call it at M Sport <laughs> does take in drivers that may be slightly a little bit broken and fix them up and then send them on their way a bit further down the line. Uh, yeah. Thierry, Thierry Novelle is one that springs to mind when I think about that. Um, yeah. and many, many others, let's be honest. Um, uh, obviously he's, he's, by all accounts, he's taken budget, but I'm assuming he took budget to high and die as well. Um, but it, it looks like it could be, it could be a good fit. It could be a good fit. Yeah, and he's going to get in one of those main cars, isn't he? And, you know, based on what happened in Monte Carlo, that's the car you want to be in at the moment. I would say his timing is impeccable, isn't it, if I've read the situation correctly? And he's had plenty of, uh, you know, upbringing and experience. The journey to get there has been good. So um, it's, uh, it's terrific. I mean, it's a new face. Uh, you know, the girls in my life say he's a nice face to look at, which always helps. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing seeing how he goes. But you know, we we do need a new Frenchman, uh, hopefully one that isn't called Seb. Uh, I know he's Corsican, and he might be one of those you know uh, independent Corsicans. Care, carefully, carefully at arms. careful. Which reminds me of which reminds me of a story from a bar with Colin McRae and Ajaxio, which I can't tell you unless it's going out after nine o'clock. Um, so yes. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that 
story at all. Uh, when does he start? Is he coming in at Croatia? He's coming in at Croatia, Portugal, yeah, Slovenia, Estonia, Finland, or the TBA yeah. event, uh, and Perfect. Greece and Spain I'll, as well. Croatia sounds like the best place to start. He, uh, Corsican and his dad was um, a tarmac man, if I remember, and he was brought up on tarmac. Well, it's French. They're all brought up on tarmac. So that sounds like the logical place to, as John says, get your feet under the desk and, you know, find your feet and um, start to enjoy yourself. Armstrong, John, I, uh, go on. I think Croatia is maybe the most difficult rally on the calendar. Well, not not the most difficult compared to some of the gravel ones, but certainly tarmac. Um, because some parts are just, they feel like you're driving on ice, but you can't see it. it it's so bizarre. Um, some of the, the stages have really low grip. They're just like so polished up. And uh, yeah, you, you'll come from a section of high grip onto something that looks very similar. Um, and then next minute you come into a corner and you've got no grip. So yeah, I think that could be challenging for 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 him to. I can relate to that from last weekend, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it could be a challenging event for him, based on you know the new cars that have uh, upwards of 500 horsepower. You know, trying to put that down on a really slippery tarmac surface isn't isn't easy. But I think yeah, it's um, a good opportunity for him. Um, he's been with with Amsford in the past and the. Uh, the Rally 2 R5 days, and uh, he's um, also the WRC3 champion from a few years back. So he's got good pedigree. Um, he can certainly drive. Uh, I think the, the time that he spent in the Hyundai WRC car maybe didn't go to plan for him, but he'll have certainly learnt things along the way that he can put into practice now when he goes with the, the Puma. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can... He can get a few good stage times and results. I think it'd be good to to start off with a you know a stage win like Goss has just done in, in Monte Carlo and uh, take it from there. Happy days, happy days. Um, Armstrong, John, I'm going to stay with you for a second, then I'm going to bring in obviously Desborough. Um, the August blank date, of course, that we just mentioned that um, might have been part of his his plan was going to be an event, obviously in Northern Ireland that hasn't happened um i'm hearing strong new rumors now that maybe uh ypres could be shoehorned in yeah i've um i've seen those rumors as well but obviously gutted that uh you know northern ireland don't have their, their slot for for this season um i know that uh, there's rumors that it might come back in 2023 uh, but yeah, let's see what happens. It would have been would have been very nice to to try and do uh, a WRC event in on the the Irish roads. Obviously, very bumpy and lots of mud, and uh, yeah, a lot of the time you're you're jumping with the car, which is quite quite unusual. And I can remember back to one of the Circuit of Ireland rallies when when uh, Lappy was was over, and uh, you know he said it's it's. Some of some of the best roads in the world. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can we can get that, and Bobby can and his team can get the rally. Um, but yeah, Ypres obviously last year was was a big success. I think there was a bit of uh, a bit of a marmite situation with the with the spa uh, circuit being included. I think some people liked it and some people didn't, but uh, I thought it worked really nicely. And um, yeah, if the rally comes back again this year in WRC, uh, I think it'll be a nice um, a nice rally to include. And, uh, yeah, obviously, at the moment, it's not part of the, the junior calendar. I would love it to be in a, in a, this year again. But, um, yeah, maybe I'll uh, be able to do it in a different car. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, Desbrook, John, how important, yes, how important is it that we have these events with, history and names have we skipped a generation now where it doesn't really matter or did he still carry weight Ypres carries weight you know Thousand Lakes is not called anymore because Finland we, we had Rally GP uh, you know mm. Corsica how important are the event names to tag onto their own history or have we are, are we completely past that these days no I think you need to to reference them and have 
something of their past, don't you, in their title, in their current title. Um, I think Ypres is irresistible because we've been there before with the World Championship and it's all ready to go with people who know what they're doing. It's been on the Championship, they've probably got the budget and everybody would say, yeah, that's a very good replacement. I would say it's also a safe replacement because I was saying to somebody else last month that actually I think we've got to get back to some of the wild, exotic difficult places which to me i would include uh, mexico and argentina which have always been two of my favorites we have to simply go back to new zealand we've got to get to japan otherwise we're just looking at european rally championship plus which i don't think we want to do it well, will be a specialist it'll be a battle between thierry and craig because they're both you know fantastic and they know better than anybody else what they're doing but it's a shame northern ireland couldn't have it. I think the promoter wants to go there, is trying to find reasons to go there, is trying to make it happen. But, you know, it's show business, it's not show charity, and possibly the check isn't big enough at the moment. You, you mentioned about longevity and, of course, events outside of Europe. There's also the story, of, obviously, that broke a five-year deal for Safari, which I was uh, pleasantly surprised, uh, staggered, lots of expletives of how has that happened in a good way? Um, just because just of the way the world's been over the last couple of years, you know, for, yeah. for that commitment for those yeah. guys must be phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know how they structure the uh, contract. It would be worth having a look at it, but it is good to go back. But on the safari um, aspect, I would say let the safari be the safari. And I know that the championship is kind of set up for sprint stages and lots of them. And that's what the cars are developed for. But I would say, listen, this is the, the safari. Let's have a long stage or two. And I'm talking something between 40 and 50 kilometers. Let's let let's get the helicopter up, get more cameras in and let's see the landscape with the car in it let's see whether these cars have got you know long legs and stamina to them let's really test them and bring back some of the um some of the kind of blood and guts of what the safari was and still could be we don't have to have 10 to 20 kilometer stages in africa you know let's let's have one that's 120 kilometers long there you go i've said it yeah, you've gone out on a limb. You've gone out on a limb. Um, one last thing, guys, before we, we, we kind of get to any other business, which clearly probably you both haven't got, so you've now got a little bit of time to think about it. Um, I, I wanted to talk about um, Armstrong John probably first and foremost on this. I wanted to talk about um, the FIA Rally Star program, which probably if – if this was six or seven years ago, probably you would have been doing, I would imagine, Armstrong John, uh, because you've gone through every kind of, you know, the junior categories, DMAC drive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated by this, not only in the selection criteria, but also what went, what went on as part of, you know, the, the evaluation process. Are, are you over this at all? Were you, were you, were you, are you aware of the, of what the guys have to do? Uh, I'm not too familiar about what uh, the actual uh, shootout in- included, but I did see they they done a lot of driving in the the, the buggies, and uh, I think you know for for the evaluation of that, it probably was on their driving style and also how quick they were. Um, but yeah, I think it's a fascinating program. I think it's it's something that we've we've wanted for a long time, and you know at, at the end of the day, if it finds uh, someone who's got that talent and can go all the way to the the world championship with uh, you know with with the goal of of being world champion and having come from a background where that wouldn't have been possible for them only for the program I think it's it's brilliant so yeah um, you know initially they they had the the virtual uh, events to try and identify the talents and they also had uh, events with their um with their local uh, governing bodies to to sort of find uh, talent through um, slalom events i think they were called so yeah it seems like they've got a good selection of talent and uh, it's funny the the guy who actually won the european um shootout uh, you know i've seen him for for numerous years being on you know world record times on on dirt rally and, and other games as well so um yeah it was it was nice to see whenever he won because i think he does have the talent and uh he was very very quick and, and came from the virtual background which is obviously something that uh i i support greatly and i think it's great to promote esports and, and virtual driving as a 
as a grassroots uh, way to get involved in motorsport. So, yeah, let, let's keep uh, our fingers crossed that whenever these these uh, winners of the of the finals get to go and drive the real car, I think they're doing ra- Rally 3 uh, testing and test events next year, and then they'll go into junior WRC. So let's just hope that they can get up to speed quickly and that they can, you know, show good pace and start winning events. Uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, they, they need to win the junior WRC in, in order to progress their careers. I think that's when the the funding stops. But of course, they might pick up more sponsors along the way or get, you know, additional funding. So, yeah, they, they're, they're, it's not a road to the top, let's say. Um, but it gives them the opportunity to, to get to the top of the WRC by entering them in the junior WRC, and uh, hopefully they've got the skills then to do it. Does this speak volumes, Armstrong, John? <laughs> still bad. This is still bad. <laughs> Does this speak volumes, though, of uh, of the bypassing of, of of kind of more regional championships, i.e. like the British Rally Championship, as an example, as, as, as a road in? Is this already kind of going, yeah, we're probably – we're going to go just directly to there because that's where we're going to be anyway. So we might as well just start working on this. Yeah, well, it seems to be quite a focused uh, um, competition and program that they want them to be in the WRC straight away as quick as they can. So, um, yeah, I think it does bypass maybe the regional championships a little bit, which is a, a shame. You know, I still think getting started in in the British Championship or regional championships is a is a place to learn and, and prove that you can you can fight with the best in your region. You know, all of the the drivers who have made it to WRC have, have done that in the past. You know, you you only have to look at OJ and Loeb and um, you know Alvin Evans, who also done the British Championship for numerous years, learning their trade. Um, and you have to say the best WRC drivers have came up through the ranks. They haven't just went in to the deep end straight away so yeah we'll, we'll see i think for this program it'll be crucial how much support the people um who are supported by it that get into the real rally car how much support they're given in terms um of coaching and everything to to make the most of it i do you know what and and this this is going to sound odd desperate john but i think our armstrong john could be the last of a generation here because this feels like potentially we we are quite literally manufacturing our next wrc drivers from the ground yeah. up all yeah, the way through. i agree i agree and we may be doing uh one if not both of two things uh five years down the road they bring in a uh, condition that says i'm sorry you can only compete on this world rally championship if you have come up through those ranks for health and safety reasons or some such nonsense like that. I hope that never happens. And two, just because this exists with the FIA, um, the rest of the world needs to know there are still lots of very good drivers, lots of talent out in those existing uh, championships around the world. And I don't want people to confuse talent with money and budget. That can I get should I get off your soapbox now? You can do, but welcome to motorsport, Desbridge John. <laughs> welcome to motorsport. Welcome yeah, well, to I'm motorsport. the outsider, I'm on the fringe, you know. Yeah. I mean I know how I know how it works, you know, smelt the coffee, I, I know the facts. I, I, it's a pragmatic I, I, way of doing this, but I don't want, you know, I don't want to see uh, the, the teams that will be involved in the World Rally Championship only hiring from the uh, the nursery classes of the FIA World Rally Championship. You know, there's plenty, there'd be plenty of fast people in other places if you just go and look. Uh, but I, I, do you know what? And, and, and I agree with you, Desbro John. Uh, but Armstrong John will probably agree with me on this because he's competed in European, he's competed in British Championship, and um, various other things as well. Uh, Armstrong John, you agree? Um, there's always been. There's always drivers that were probably as good as driver X in whatever country um, who's now in the WRC or has been in WRC in the past. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's always been good enough drivers from the UK and Ireland that just haven't had the right opportunity or haven't had the budget in order to 
progress into you know a WRC seat. Uh, <laughs> there's there's so many drivers, or, or even in recent years, that have tried and then not got that far. And um, you know, if if things had gone their way, or if opportunities had opened up, then I think they would have been more than than good enough to compete in you know the highest level of of the world championship. You know, the likes of your uh, Keith Cronins and and uh, uh, people mm-hmm. like that. Niall McShea is another one. I think yeah. he didn't get the opportunities, even though he had won the production series. Uh, he definitely would have been good enough to to been in a WRC drive. So. Yeah, it's just the way the sport has been, and um, I think it's fair to say it's getting harder and harder. Um, so, yeah, let's hope that we can get another British driver, uh, Irish driver, into the WRC. Um, because, you know, we've got Alvin and Craig there at the moment, but they're both uh, into their 30s now. So, <laughs> you know. Don't make, that makes me feel old. That really who's, does make me feel who's, old. Who's the next driver, though? Who's the next driver? You know, well, Chris Ingram's well, obviously doing very well at the moment. Hopefully, he's on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm getting cl- I'm getting close to thirty two, so I need to I need to hurry up. <laughs> hey, listen, just just quickly before, just so we can wrap up on this bit. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Mark Higgins before, uh, Desbrook John. Um, yeah. Katie Milner, who who is a young lady that that went through in the FIA uh, system, which has been talking about this this FIA um, um, shootout. Um, she went through um, not necessarily just on on the girl card either. She wanted to go through on the boys, um, you know, qualify you know, as, as as you know, basically uh, 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 the same as the boys gone through, not not just going through on the girls section. She, of course, is um, Johnny Milner's daughter. Yeah, who is a multiple British Rally champion as well. Yeah, and uh, but Johnny was quoted as saying, "I found this quite interesting." He said, "I can't sit with her," and I'm paraphrasing it because mm. nobody listens to the dad. So <laughs> Mark Higgins is going to sit true. with her. So Mark Higgins is actually going to sit with her and do some coaching with her. So yeah, um, well, very good. Yeah, so very so good. so Mark's still around and still relevant. Um, right, boys, uh, I am going to take us now to. Um, I'm, I realize I'm springing this on you. If you've got in any other businesses anything you want to get off your chest, now is the time to do it. Um, shall we go Desbra John first? Age before talent. Um, yes, I need to get out more in 2022. I almost got to see some competition at the Nicky Grist last year. I, th- I didn't manage to sniff petrol, but I did manage to, sm- to sniff some dust and gravel. Where do I go in 2022? Find me on Facebook and all those other social things and tell me which round I need to go to. My only problem is I'm in the furthest, furthest part south of the country. The Nicky Griss was actually the nearest one to me in Dorset. Wow. There used to be the Sunseeker down here. Southern Car Club used to put on a bit of something. Where do I go to get a little bit of to meet the best people of uh, British rallying in 2022. And do you know a decent hotel where they've got a long enough bed? You've got Clacton coming up. So you want me to drive the entire width of the country? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, I'm just thinking south. I'm just being lazy. <laughs> um, it might actually be easy for you to fly somewhere in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Not to decry any of our events, because there is some fantastic events coming up. to another squeezy gear. Yeah, that would be Desborough getting out of his seat. Where would you say, uh, Armstrong John? Where would you? What event would you send Big John Desborough to this year? Any any event? Where would you send them? UK, UK and Ireland. UK and Ireland. Um, Cork, uh, mm. West West Cork. I think that's a good one. Mm. Everyone raves about that, but I've never been. But the stages look very nice, uh, and the action is very good too. That's mm. what my any other business is going to be. We might be able to hook you up with somebody over there as well. Big John Desborough, of course, uh, on the pace notes, who are one of our partners. Uh, they do all the stage end stuff, Killian Duffy. Uh, and oh, that'd be perfect. We might be able to do something there. I might be able to do a little bit of introduction and get you involved and leave that with me, Big J. You see. I might, be able to weave, I might be able to wave some magic for you there, my friend. Um, Armstrong John, you're any other business? Well, that sort of segues nicely into my own, any other business, which is about the, the Irish Tarmac Championship, which is back after, what, two two years of not happening. 
Fantastic, um, yes. Yeah, and uh, I know you had Killian on the, the show last week, uh, preview in Galway, but Galway was really interesting to follow. Um, you know, we, ha- we had the live coverage, which is so addictive to watch um, the, the, the in- interviews with Killian. And, uh, yeah, he obviously interviews all the drivers after the stage, and you get a real buzz of waiting for the times to come through and seeing who who's going to be fastest because there's, you know, there's a great category uh, of, you know, 20 R5 Rally 2 cars now, and there's probably, you know, the top 10, any of them could be fastest on any stage. So it's great, great excitement to follow. Um, and, you know, I was trying to, to do other things last weekend, but I found myself watching uh, the coverage and seeing who was who was fastest. And, yeah, I think, um, you know, a good shout-out to, to Marion Evans and, and Jonathan Jackson, who also put in a probably the performance of the rally, I would say. Um, I, I completely and utterly agree. I, you know, yeah. the pace the pace those guys are on now in Ireland is, is really nice to, to see. And, uh, yeah, I think um, it's probably only a matter of time before they, they get their first event win over there. So, yeah, it's uh, very good to follow. If no one follows it, then uh, the next rally is uh, West Cork, I think, in three weeks, maybe. That's probably wrong. I don't know when it is, but it's it's very soon. So, yeah, make sure to follow it if, if you've never checked out the Irish scene. Josh, Josh yeah. Moffat and Callum Devine uh, finishing off the top three. And Gary Jennings as well, uh, of course, kind of flirted mm-hmm. with doing the national uh, BRC Cup last year um, back on Irish tarmac uh, Gary James put the car's up for sale so I'm interested to see what, what Gary's going to get next because of course he wanted the right hand drive R5 and I think Killian was talking about this last week uh, they, they're kind of relaxing this whole thing uh, of right hand drive conversions so they might be able to score points further down the line so mm. um, I think it'd be really really interesting right um, is that it from you Armstrong John sorry I, I, I realised I cut across you there that's all for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My 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 any other business um, is a massive shout out to uh, the fantastic recovery crew uh, on um, WAS stage of the Raponian last weekend, which unfortunately um, I had uh, an indiscretion in our new car, and um, I gave them to say a conundrum to recover a car was an understatement, and um, <laughs> I thank you so much. Um, uh, we've managed to probably bend every panel on the car, unfortunately, um, <laughs> and it's on its way to a very, very specialist body shop over the next 24 hours. And um, M Sport Poland are going to love me. Um, I will say that because we've got a massive shopping <laughs> list. So shout out to Maxcheck. Uh, love you. Love you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, epic car. We just were very, very, very unlucky. And, um, but the recovery guys just would not be beaten. And I know they've got to get the car out, but you know, I mean, we were there for hours and hours and hours trying to recover this car and, um, fair play. They did it. And, uh, yeah, yeah as I say, a bit of the sport you don't see, Tony, a bit yeah, of the sport. I, you know, and that's it, 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 it. You know, and, and weirdly enough, we talk about that because unfortunately, and I'm not going to, the irony behind this statement is not lost, by the way. I had a really bad seeding on the event. Um, it was a very bizarre, considering the last time I was in those forests, I was 12th overall on that event. I was car 82, I think I was. Um, mm. But they ran a weird, uh, it was front-wheel drive, reverse seed, um, reverse seeding. On, 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 so two-wheel drive cars run first, but reverse seeding. And... Um, Anyway, bye bye. So, so, but I got to see pretty much the entire rally. Um, stood at the side of the road in snow. We had all seasons in one day. Um, the grips level just went. It's that's why I laughed before about what John was talking about with Croatia. We just had every level of grip from amazing grip to no grip to being on snow. It was just one of those events. And, uh, yeah, wasn't really prepared for it, I have to say. Um, but yeah, we, we got to see the entire rally. I was absolutely frozen. And I mean frozen because <laughs> I, I was, I was professional. I wore my FIA underwear, my FIA socks, obviously my race boots. Uh, and, um, JA, we have to relate to this. Um, all very well and good when you've got your race boots and your FIA socks on, um, yeah. when you're in the car. When yeah. you get out of the car, and you're stood in snow with ground temperatures of a minus Uh, i lost all feeling on my toes and bless the recovery guys (laughs) the ambulance turned up with the recovery guys as well after uh, this car the sweeper car had gone through and they said are you okay 
you know, it's it, 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 you, you took a bit of a bang. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fast. I just can't feel my feet. And I think they genuinely thought I couldn't feel my feet because it's gone off. <laughs> I said, no, I said, I've been stood because the other, the, the other beautiful thing, of course, about rallying is, is that it's all about phone signal when you're off that issue as well. And I found this one tiny spot at the side of the road where I seem to get phone signal. Of course, I had to stay in contact with the, with the guys coming to recover the car for me, yeah. for my team as well. So I yeah. didn't move. So I was just stood in this exact spot for best part of two hours um and uh yeah it was it was horrendous and the worst part about that which ja will be able to appreciate and some of our listeners will be able to appreciate is when you're stood with your car watching it like that you've got nothing else to look at other than working out how much it's going to cost you to put it straight that's all that's going through your head you're just the, the pound signs the euro signs the dollar signs are just going yeah that's going to need doing that's going to need doing that'll need replacing um so yeah so very 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 unfortunate um but i'm going to say this slightly controversial um about it there was a really bizarre interest in people wanting to see um my accident uh on a couple of the forums uh which i kind of seen and my wife seen she went why are they so interested in seeing your accident i said i've got no idea uh <laughs> i find it really odd it doesn't sit well with me watching accidents for anybody to be perfectly honest with you and i just find it really a little bit odd why people want to see accidents but there you go there you go that's all i'm gonna say that's you'll get over say. it yeah absolutely and um, boys believe it or not we've completed the podcast marvelous with no hey. script well done uh well done on your debut uh armstrong john because uh, this is technically is your debut not as a guest um just as as, as part of our roster now dare i say so there you go yeah, I, it was enjoyable thank you yeah hopefully sweden goes well um well better than last time i went there I'll, yeah I'll, please I'll, I'll, I'll address than... the elephant in the room yeah i, I wasn't going to talk <laughs> about it um <laughs> but can you please make it better than last time yeah that's that's the goal but uh, i look looking forward to it and uh, yeah like i said just just need to enjoy it the times will come good exactly man. good man listen we'll, we will catch up after sweden uh big jd we will catch up over the next few weeks um, folks that has been absolute rally for this week we really do appreciate the, the download i appreciate the guys who came up to us as well in service i always say this it is genuinely lovely when people come up and and kind of sheepishly introduce themselves and go we listen to the podcast um thank you um we are not elitist always come and have a chat honestly uh, no matter how glum i look um, come and talk to us because it, nine times out of ten it'll always cheer me up a little bit so thank you so much and um, folks that has been a podcast for this week um keep sharing the love sharing the downloads if you can leave us a review it does help it really really does um especially with the guys at kielder so we're back same time same place in the podcast hall next week absolute rally powered by the kielder works team spread the word and download the podcast every week 